What's up, everyone? Welcome to yet another episode of the Brew Jackets podcast, podcast where we talk about all things Blue Jackets and sometimes some brews. Tonight I'm drinking a, um, actually I'm drinking a Costa Rica blend of coffee from Cafe Brit. So uh, it's, it's, I've had a long day. All right. I'm tired, but enough about me, enough about my brew. It is very good though. I'll review this one as, as great. Um, I'm joined tonight, as always, by the wonderful Kevin Valentine. Um, how you doing tonight, Kev? I'm doing good, Hefty Duck. Always great to be on the Brew Jackets podcast with Hefty Duck, who is the greatest duck of all time. <laughs> Hell yeah, That's right. Yeah! But, you know, okay, it, you know, shenanigans aside. Uh, no, I'm doing pretty good, you know. Admittedly, this kind of sucks not having the Blue Jackets on, you know, TV. All right. But uh, at least it's baseball season, dude. I see you're wearing you know, the yep, sick, yep, uh, Cincinnati yep. Reds hat. I'm wearing my Reds hat, so it's baseball, and I like baseball. So that will, to a certain degree, that'll keep me going. Not as much as hockey, but you know, yeah, it's still good. Oh well, but I'm still it's doing the band aid for the summer. <laughs> it is though. You know, that's one of my favorite things about summer is just going to baseball games and. I've seen my family and some of my friends and my brother has brought his dog Cooper over. So it's all good. I'm doing good and ready to talk about the blue jackets with hefty duck. Who is the greatest duck? Well, as they're not in the playoffs, we don't really have that to talk about as much. Um, I guess uh, I I will talk about a little bit. The players who of the former blue jackets players who were traded recently. What's up blue junkies. How you doing? How's it going tonight? Uh, And as with anyone else, I mean, uh, this might not be apparent to the people watching the recording or the audio ones. Um, We do this live. Um, We do this on YouTube, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, We were doing Twitch, but I got to figure out the account. It's annoying, but long story. So, um, yeah, we do uh, read most comments live as long as they're mostly appropriate. We don't care if you swear a little bit or whatever. We just whatever but like you know no they're not a douchebag like <laughs> say something right be nice yeah. I'm, keep, I'm fragile my feelings hurt keep, keep your <laughs> shenanigans keep your shenanigans out of this and you'll be okay <laughs> a little wouldn't hurt but um so yeah real quick uh just want to run over some stats of uh you know of course corpy gabby and nyquist uh three of the dudes who I mean, we, we could mention Nick Foligno. I can mention Domi. I'm not a big Domi fan as much. Um, I love me some Nick Foligno. I hope, I mean, I hope he gets a cup, but I don't care about the rest of the Bruins. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, Corpy had a 
0.921 percentage uh, for the season this year, or uh, yeah, for the season. Um, then he had a uh, currently in the playoffs, he has a 0.904 save percentage, and the Kings are losing the series three to two currently. And uh, about to watch some SC playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, hell yeah, Blue Junkies. Well, that's awesome. That's I'll right. probably watch some after this too, for sure. I mean, I do try, it's still exciting to me. It's just not like it's. it's yeah, you know, my team's not in it, and it's so like I'm more rooting for people to lose than I am rooting for someone to win. You know what I mean? Like, like oh, I don't like that team, so I don't want them to get it. Like, yeah. like I'm not a Oilers fan, and then also Gabby and Corpy are on the Kings, um, which they kind of seem to be leaving Corpy out to dry. Like, I think you mentioned that this a bit in passing him beforehand. Like, yeah, he's an amazing goalkeeper. It, it it's almost like watching like the like a, a slightly more put together blue jackets with like that has like their all their players you know like the defense is just letting things through um i don't think gavrikov has necessarily been a problem in that um in fact he has um a plus five currently so he's not on the ice when the other teams have been scoring that much um and uh he also has one assist so far gavrikov does so uh, you know, good luck to them. Uh, not yeah. a big Oilers fan. But uh, my pushback to that, no, I, I agree with you, Blue Junkies, there with that comment. But my my slight pushback to what you've been saying at Hefty Duck, and I know you'll, pro- you'll agree with me with this oh. for the next time, is that Kings, I like you, and you got – uh, Jonas Kerpasal and Vladislav Gavrikov, and I'm cheering for you, and I hope you do well. And that would be cool if you you did well in the playoffs and you won the Stanley Cup. That would be cool. It'd be good for Jonas Kerpasal and Vladislav Gavrikov. But but the Blue Jackets get a better first round draft pick if the Kings get knocked out in the first round. Yep. And so that's where I'm at. Go it's better because. Draft. It's because, right, that we have the Kings first round draft pick. We have right? the Kings. We have the Kings first round draft pick, and right. if they get knocked out now, it's a better draft pick for the Blue Jackets. And <laughs> this draft is seen as one of the better drafts in a while, so that if you can have two draft picks in what's seen as one of the better draft pick drafts in a while, you go for it. Yeah. So again, Kings, I like you. I like that you have Jonas Corposalo and Vladislav Gavrikov, but. Go better draft pick. The Blue Jackets need that to be a better draft pick. Right. Which would be, I mean, because, like, at the very worst, were they to, like, go all the way, it would be a, we'd have, like, a top four pick and then, like, at the very worst, the 32nd pick, right? Right. Which, that was still, it's still a first round pick, but I totally get what you're saying, dude. Absolutely. If we could get, you know, because that's, I think the best we could hope for after a season like this is that we just do really well in the draft again. Um, and we'll get to it here a little bit later about what, like how many spots are left for anybody anyway. Um, and then, okay. I'll mention Nyquist real quick. I have not been watching this series as much as I have the Kings Oilers one. Um, uh, but he, the wild uh, versus uh 
stars. Yes, dude, the stars been doing good though. I, I, I have watched it uh, some of the season, the series. But um, Nyquist has four assists. He's like a oh, plus four. Um, he's got two penalty minutes. He's got a power play point. Um, and he's got nine shots on goal. So Nyquist, uh, definitely looking like he's 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 helping the team out a lot. He has. According to something I heard the other day, since he came back from injury on the wild team, even during the regular season, he has had a point per game. Um, so uh, I think that still remains true because they've only played four games so far, and he has four points now. Good for him. Uh, I, I like seeing that he's been an asset. I love being able to see that, like some, um, you know, former Blue Jackets can really, you know, spread their. So their wings other places too and, and, and find success. Maybe it's a success that they weren't able to find here during this last season or two as well. Um, but speaking of the last season or two and not being with the team, the one and only Alexander Texier has been confirmed to be back for next season. He's here in the United States. Um, he's uh, doing well. I'm pretty excited. I'm going to read this comment real quick. Uh, Blue Junkie says, uh, they hate that we got robbed in the trade by the BS injury thing that brought got brought up. Yeah, for Gus. Yeah, yep. yeah. That was rough. That was definitely rough to see that go for, for bit, like, almost nothing. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. That yep. one's, like, about as annoying in a way as Bjorkstrand, which I understand it's business. I understand we need to get rid of Cap at the time. But if we would, you know... Uh, I agree with that, and you know, because the way things were going with the Gustav Nyquist, it was projected to get a first round, second round draft pick for him, and I that easily would have helped the Blue Jackets big time. It's still not as still good that you get a fifth round draft pick that helps you out in your emotional and the history of good at drafting. So, anytime you give him another shot of an extra draft pick, that's good, even if it's a fifth round draft pick, that's still good. Sure, you'd want that first round, second round, but a fifth round draft pick is still good. And that's the reality of what happened with Gustav Nyquist is that as soon as he got hurt, that was basically it right there. At most, you were probably going to get a, maybe a fourth round or a fifth round yeah. draft. It would have been nice to have a, a condition in there, though, or something where if it's like if he comes back before the end of the season and we make the playoffs then or something like that, you know? But it's, yeah. That was annoying. It sucked, but I think we're still pretty stacked coming up soon. So right, you take what Um, you can get in that uh, regard. Yeah. And one one last thing I'll say about the whole Kings thing is that there's even rumors that have been popping up with Yarma with with rumors popping up saying that the Blue Jackets are open to using the draft pick that they got from the Kings in their trade for something. So that in the event that would happen, that's another reason why you'd want the Kings to get knocked out quicker, because that means that is a more valuable draft pick that would be more valuable to more teams that you could use in a trade. Yeah, and really, really get some like salt, like some gar- like almost guaranteed because they're already an established player. If we yeah. get like a more senior, like a veteran player, you can get a a more solid addition than like the possibility of because like you know there has been some first round busts there's been tons of first round busts i mean there's been players that show up amazingly out of the, the second third fourth fifth round too though so i mean you know there is some risk involved in in the draft i mean um 
I, I still think Yarmo is really good at what he does when it comes to the draft and, and prospects. Um, but um, I think that the the prospect growth I think needs to be happening here soon too. Um, and we'll, so we'll see. Um, but we'll get to that a little bit later yet too. Um, you're right about Texas, but Texas back. Yeah. He had a prep. He had a press conference last Thursday, and I watched it. And it was a good press conference. And you know, he was legit. You could see it on his face that he was really happy to be back in Columbus and really excited to get going for for next season. Because I I don't know what's in his heart, but if I was him, I would know that you have a wide open spot to try and make a difference for the Blue Jackets because you know that you're a guy that can play center and the Blue Jackets need help at center. And even before you left the Blue Jackets to go play in Switzerland, you were playing pretty good to, to basically from the start of your career up until now, whether it be score two big goals in the playoffs against the Lightning. The following year, you get an overtime goal to help the Blue Jackets beat the Sabres. And then in the playoffs, you're part of a line that had 10 points in 10 games. So that was pretty good. And you, know, and, and you just kept building, building, building. And then the 2021-2022 season, he was so good on that fourth line with Sean Corrali and Eric Robinson. And then he even got bumped up for more minutes. You know, sometimes a little first line, a little second line, played pretty good there. So, like, and he was starting, you could really start his seed to bloom. Unfortunately, he gets hurt. That kind of screwed it right there. And then he goes home, understandable, so to take care of some issues. And we're glad he took care of it. But you see all these things that he's done. You're like, man, you have something there. And now that he's back. Didn't he really finish, like, home. third in points in the Zurich League, too? Right. That he was in the Swiss League? That's huge. I mean, yeah, he's a top, he's a NHL the player but um you know that's awesome to see that he did successful over there because um all right so i'm going to mention this but i think we're going to talk about this here in a little bit uh blue junkies uh says uh, uh what are all th- y'all's thoughts on danforth you see this always line prediction and nobody has him on one in one yeah we're going to get into the meat of that here real quick because um or real soon uh because w- I, I it's in the it's in the description here for the episode, but um, like I, we're going to talk about how the roster might look come the start of next season here uh, very soon in the episode too. So I'm actually going to, I'm going to write that one down real quick because that's um, a very specific that. person that I do yeah. have some thoughts on that, but uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll keep that going. But, you know, it was great to see the Texier press conference, and he really enjoyed, had a smile on his face, answering all the questions. And, like, you could tell he's excited to be back in Columbus and that he's ready to go yep. for next season. And one of the things he said in that press conference is that he's going to play in the World Championship yeah. for France. And then once that that's done. He's going to take a little break. And then once he's done with that little break, he's going to work really hard in the off season, you know, the gym and everything to just get ready for next season. So it sounds like he's ready to go and motivated. I'm excited to see what happens with him, how he takes that next step. Cause as I've said in the show today, he's shown that he can do, and he's had some great moments. Now, can he continue to build on that? And it sounds like he's motivated to keep it going and do that. Yeah, 
I'm looking forward to seeing them back. Um, I thought, you know, there was only one part in the interview that I thought was, uh, I guess, maybe not concerning at all, just like not necessarily something positive, but like someone had asked him about his season back in, uh, you know, in Switzerland and um, things going, he, and he had literally like looked at them and he mentioned, he's like, I don't really want to talk about last season. So one, he had a great season. We know that. But then two, I think he's really just motivated about looking towards the future here in the NHL. I think he wants to be an NHL, an NHL or NHL player. Um, And uh, I think that's, so that's why he's like, well, that was good. Cool. You know, he was on a team with uh, Dean Kukin and Miko Letton. Yep. Lekkonen. Yep. Um, Which is really neat. Former CBJ players as well. Yep. Um, So he had some familiar faces around him and whatnot. And then, yeah, he's a lot closer to France being in Switzerland as well, too. So he is going to be playing for France. Another CBJ player playing for their home, uh, their home country team is going to be Patrick Laine. He's going to be playing for Finland and the 2023 IIHF World Championships. And those are being held this year in Tampere, Finland, which we're a little familiar with from this last year. The Blue Jackets, you know, going to their thing there. Yeah. And then, um, uh, it's also going to be played in uh, Riga, Latvia. So I, I'm a little bit surprised because Elvis Merzlikens is on record saying that he's not going to go play for his for Latvia, his home country. Right. Um, I don't necessarily blame him though. I mean, once again, someone who's who's more concerned with being an LHL an NHL player and being successful in the big league that's paying him big money. Um, is, I'm I'm really hoping that. He f- finds himself this summer. The training finds him well. Everything comes together at the end yeah. of the summer and the start and, of next season. And for context, what you brought up, when the, that was during the press conference that Elvis Merzlikens had, which is basically he was asked about, are you going to play for Lafayette in the World Junior Tur- in the World Hockey Championships? And he basically said no. And – Generally speaking, to a certain degree, that is a surprise because every player, regardless of what country they're from, like 99% of the time, when they get a chance to play for their respective country for in hockey, you go, they go for it. And we've seen yeah. so many Blue Jackets players do that over the years. And Elvis Merzlikens is no exception to the rule. He's done that as well. But I do agree with you. I understand why he said no because basically – this is really his shot now to take it because the Blue Jackets are paying him money. The, 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 you know, the team from Lafayette, they're not paying him the money. So that makes sense there. But this is from Elvis Merzlikens, this is really your big shot right now because now you don't have Corpusalo competing with you for the spot. But it, and also, your time is you're getting to that point where your time is eventually starting to run out because if you don't do it, then the Blue Jackets have other options, whether that be Jet Greaves or Danil Tarasov. They have uh, Sergey I- Ivanov. He's a, the goalie prospect over Ivanov, in Russia. yeah. He's their goalie prospect they have over in Russia. So they ha- you know, they have options. So eventually your time is going to be up, so this is your shot, Merzlikens. Take it right now, because the thing, because even he knows it too, is that it's not that like he's totally sucked his entire time with the Blue Jackets, which is not even close to being the case. 
he has shown that he can be a good goalie. We've seen it for every since he's been with the Blue Jackets from the 2019-2020 season up until now. We've seen that. He's had moments where he just looks awesome, but it's more of a consistency thing. Can you put yeah. that can you put that together? And if he can, the Blue Jackets have something. Because even with Jonas Corpusal this past season, he proved that sure it would be nice if you had a better defense, but even if you get average at best defense, you can still you can still play good and still win some games. So th- this is your sp- this is your chance right now, Elvis Merzlikens. Take it, and I hope you do because I know all of us, all Blue Jackets fans, have seen you do good. We've seen you do it, and you know. Yeah, exactly. I was literally going to say that, and then you started saying it, and I, yeah, we've seen it. We've seen it. It's there. We know it's there. He knows it's there. We just got to find it again, you know. So I'm looking forward to that uh, a lot here too. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do our little ad read real quick for our good friends, for our awesome friends over at the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings. Um, so I'm going to do this little ditty here for uh, the Hockey Podcast Network, and we'll see you on the other side of this short little clip. Light the lamp. <laughs> Excuse you. Uh, light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. So, currently, the Florida Panthers play in the Bruins. And then the other only other game for tonight is the Kraken versus the Avalanche. And there's going to be three games tomorrow. So, interesting. They kind of scooted around some games here. Is it whatever? So anyway, I'm going to talk about a, a little bit of the odds here real quick. Um, so current on, for the game that's ongoing right now, there are um, 12 minutes left in the first period for the Panthers Bruins, 0-0 still. Currently, the puck line is a plus 1.5 for the Panthers and a minus 1.5 for the Bruins. Are the Panthers at home? Is that why they have the plus 1.5? Um so yeah, the, the the Panthers are favorite to. Or I'm sorry, they're not favored to win at a plus two twenty money line, and the Bruins have a minus two eighty. So I'm once again rooting for my my dude Nick Foligno over there in the Bruins. You know, hope they do well. If you're into betting, check out the uh, hockey odds uh, over here on sportsbook.draftkings.com, um, and uh, don't forget to uh, use our special code there. Uh, to do that, you got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, uh, yeah, if you've got a gambling problem, make sure you check the disclaimer below here for that. Uh, only gamble what you can afford to lose. You know, you can call the uh, gambling helpline. Uh, or you can visit gamblinghelpline.org, uh, I believe. So uh, good luck to you if you decide to bet. Uh, there's plenty of games here this uh, this playoff series to bet on. I don't know who's going to win them. 
No. Kevin doesn't know who's going to win them. It's still, I mean, my bracket is still intact because it's still the first round, but I mean, my bracket's about to get destroyed, I feel, with how yeah. some of these scores are going. But, well, none of my blue jackets. Yeah. But in terms of the betting, you know, from an Ohio perspective, you know, best of luck to the Cavs. They're playing tonight. Oh, yeah. They'll also, you can series. find them on DraftKings. Yes, so best of luck to the Cavs in their playoff series. And, you know, it's baseball season, so you can bet on some Reds or Guardians <laughs> games. And, you know, the, the crew are back, too, so you can go bet on them as well. Respond. I wonder if they let you bet on the weather for baseball games. <laughs> now, I, That'd be pretty but, funny. But, uh, yeah, you can go best of luck to the Cavs and uh, Reds, Guardians, oh. and the crew. Best luck to you, and you can go bet on them responsibly. Hell yeah. Um, so yes, once again, thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network for allowing us to uh, utilize some uh, partnering with them and, and and them partnering with us. It's been a great time so far. So here we're going to, very soon we're going to get into the Blue Junkies question here about um, Danforth and, and line predictions and everything. And um, I think uh, it's time now to talk about what could be next year's roster so for those who may not be a hundred percent aware of all the details about it a nhl roster um, is allowed to have 23 players you're only allowed to uh, have 20 players a night skate normally that is uh what 12 skaters 16 men and two goalies normally there's been a little bit of variation between that here and there depending on like how a team is or maybe a skater can like play a little bit better defense and offense or something like that. But generally it's, it's, it, it, it's about those numbers. So what I have in front of me here is the wonderful hockey reference.com. Um, if you don't know about it, check it out. It has everything you could ever need. Not affiliated, just stands a nice site. Um, and I have the regular season stats while well, we don't have any playoffs. So, uh, uh I have uh, this last season stats for the Blue Jackets, and I have them organized by points. So, because I thought that that would tell it, give us a good um, starting point for like who could, who's going to be around for next year. And so, um, I don't want to spend too long on each individual person. Um, maybe like uh, we can say like, uh, yes, I think this, and then just like this and because they're this good for whatever reason. So I think the first couple we're going to buzz through because we, we can all agree that Johnny Gaudreau is going to be on the team next year. He's going to be a starter. He's going to be right. starting game one of next season. Knock on wood, there's no injuries. So um, JG, 100%. Absolutely. Um, starter, he's a, he's a left wing as well. Actually, so our top line. It's going to probably still be our top line next year unless someone comes in as a, a number one center over Boone Jenner. So we got John Gaudreau, Patrick Laine, and Boone Jenner. Well, they're not technically our number one line. Like Patrick gets moved around and whatever. But I'd, anyway. put, I'd, I'd put Marchenko in that, in that spot. We'll talk about the next two here because there might be a little bit of an argument there. So uh, well, I want to put this down too, though. So um, – Line of course, Jenner. And then I I mean, it's amazing. Gaudreau was awesome for the Blue Jackets this past season, and he got 70-plus points with the mostly injured. 74. Yeah. So 
I want to see wow. now what can he do with a team that's you know actually yeah. fully healthy and stuff. He probably do so, that. A lot of people were dogging on Roslovic this whole year, and I think they kind of stopped by the end of it because uh, look at the stats. So. Uh, Goudreau, 74 points. Line A, 52. Jenner, 45. Jack Rozovic coming in at 44 points. Yeah, he only had 11 goals, but 44 points. I mean, that's one less point than than, than Boone Jenner, the, the wonderful Jenner who we always love. Yep. And Chunky says, hopefully Line a has a fire under him to get that top line spot back. I agree. Um, although it's also nice being able to spread out the talent a bit too. Like, I... I kind of viewed that move as not necessarily like a demotion as more of a, like a different line because for something, some, some weird reason, like between him and Goudreau, like they both like either wanted the other person to shoot it or wanted the puck from the other person at like at the wrong times or yeah. something. They were giving away the puck so often. I thought I felt, I felt like there were so many giveaways. Um, there was chemistry there, but there were times where it was better that line a was on a different line. Or Goodrow was on a different yeah. line. It just worked but out traditionally way. speaking, I, I hope he, they can get back on a top line together. Absolutely. Um, Rossovic's another one, though. So he, this guy could feasibly end up on another team's roster. Right. By next season. He could. And, you know, I think he's a good maybe. I mean, well, okay, if he's on the team, he's going to be playing, you know, maybe – Second or third line minutes. Second or third line, exactly. I was thinking, like, because depending on who the draft brings in, and depending on what other trades might happen, and Texier being back. So right. actually, right now, Texier is not on this list. So he's back. I think he's going to start out from the get go, and I think he's got that second line down, unless he's doing better than Boone, then maybe top line. Right. So um, something to consider with Roslovic too is that. This, you know, as he had, for as long as he's been here with the Blue Jackets, he's shown real good chemistry with Patrick Line. And that is true. Well, some of the best Line's games have come with Jack Roslevic. And they were together up there at Winnipeg, so that can kind of make yeah. some sense too. Um, that would be my only thing about losing Jack Roslevic is that, yeah. you know, he's shown he can do it, but, and you don't want to lose that chemistry that he has with Line. But if he goes, he goes. Yeah, and and strictly speaking, just because like we're we've been wanting for a center all year, and I think we're finally really starting to like like de- like both develop and gather some too, especially seeing how this draft goes. Um, and so that's a that's a maybe for me. We're gonna have to look at the numbers afterward to really un- to really uh, figure it out. Um, next one on the list at forty points is the one and only Kent Johnson. Oh. Um, I'm there. I mean, First he's on. Nine guy, he's there. Yeah, he's there. he is. He really proved this. I mean, last you know the 2021-2022 season, it was a small sample size, but he played pretty good there. But he really earned his spot this past season by playing pretty yeah. damn good. And I think if he were to be, have been able to play with like more like um, of the experienced players who may have been injured and whatnot more often like who knows what his he could have done this year too um i think and, it uh, probably could have been a similar thing to what happened with bjorkstrand I'll right continue. I'll, I'll read this after hold on um 
And uh, I think, you know, there probably could have been something similar to what happened with Bjorkstrand and Sillinger when they played with uh, Jake Voracek in the 2022 season where they played really good and that line was good. And I think that could have been a similar thing for Kent Johnson if he had that. But, you know, he didn't have it. But to his credit, he played good with whoever he was, you know, paired with. So it was good for him to see that. And his development is just keeps going up. Yeah, looking forward to seeing more of him. Um, so Junkies here, uh, sorry, Blue Junkies here, um, says uh, when Jack isn't playing good, the, the second line suffers is my only argument for that. You're you're correct. Right. Uh, the thing is, though, he has the second most assists on the team. And I guess, like, for depending on who you have on his line then, like, that's a, that's a great thing because he's able to dish it out to the side. But you're right. If he's off his game, yeah, there's, there's a lot of – there's a lot of Rosovic whiffs this year. Um, that's that the, I saw. and that's the thing about Jack Rosovic is just sometimes he's bad and sometimes he's good. But if you can just put that consistency together, you, you really got something. Yeah, and if we can get some consistent lines going too. Everything was changing so often this year. But next on the list, so we went from 40 points and we dropped 15 points now. But this person was with us for 59 games this season. And that was Kirill Marchenko with 21 goals. We're seeing him next year 100 percent dude. Oh, if we don't yeah. see Marchenko, like yeah. I am going to riot, dude. I, I think am going to write them. Honestly, if in that hypothetical scenario, which I don't see happening, but if it did happen, I think that'd be more in an indictment on Marchenko than it is the blue jackets that he wouldn't be able to do any good because the spot is wide open for you now. It's there. Yeah. Your first line, second line spot. Is wide open. It's there for you. Now you just got to continue what you did this past season and take that spot. Yeah, and that would give us, uh, yeah, uh, that would give us our second uh, right wing, which Johnson can play wing too. I think they're really trying to push him at center to like develop that, but he could play wing uh, yeah. as well. Um, right. You know, uh, so right behind Marchenko. Oh, yeah. So, Junkies once here again said, March secured a top six position bar in a silly type season. Yeah, right. right. That's if he I has that, that sophomore hangover next year or sophomore slump, then um, we'll see. I don't think he will. I think there's, I think he's just, he, he's on the escalator and it's not stopping. He's going up. Elevator, escalator, do the same thing. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. um, Watching his some of his pre- press conference interviews, he just seems like the type of guy that just motivated and just he just wants what he wants, and if he wants something, he's going to go get it. Sorry if you heard that through the mic. I just cracked my neck. Um, so now we have currently we have uh, left wing, right wing, center, possible center in Rosovic, possible center in Johnson. So there's three possible centers there currently, and we have a second right wing. So now who would be that left wing to go with it? According to the points, it's Eric Robinson. Now, we'll see. Well, I know, right? According to the points, dude, that's that's why I said it that way because there's some other there's some other people that are down in points who played less games but are because they're fresh faces. And we might... I like Eric Robinson. He's a good player for what he is, but he's a third-line, fourth-line guy, and that's where he needs to be. That's it. And, you know, we we just saw a tiny bit of uh, Mikhail uh, Petia here at the very end. He's a left wing. Um, you know, other people like Sillinger could could play wing. 
Um, realistically, there's three on hockey st- uh, hockey reference that are labeled as left wings, and that is Line, Robinson, and uh, uh, Nicolpithia. So um, that's uh, you know those are. <laughs> I think we're gonna. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And the one and only Johnny Gaudreau. I actually meant to say Gaudreau instead of Line A. Line yeah. the right wing. So yeah. my bad. So anyway, it's something to think about that there we might have gone from need, needing centers to maybe like wanting a left wing because we have guys that can play it, but we don't need someone because we have guys. But just by the points. So E Rob. I mean, honestly, I think yeah, he's. I, I could see him being on. Oh, depends how many positions become. I could see him being on like third, fourth line. Yeah. Um. And so I'm gonna put that down. It's all you ask of. But I do see him being on the team, unless yeah. there's so many positions that come in. Maybe camps go weird, and some people just show up huge, and they deserve the position or something. But, um. Foodie's the guy that could be the guy that's competition for what Robinson does. It could be. He's down here at the center. But, yeah, these guys do switch positions. Like, if you're a forward, if you're – you can you can probably go to wing if you're a center. Um, so, right after uh, – tied with Robinson for points at 24, who only played 46 games this, this year, is our first D-man on the list. That's Adam Boquist. Can you imagine what kind of season he would have had? Getting to play 82 games or is it 82? Yeah. See, yeah. yeah, he he really turned from like Jan- the month of January until the rest of the season. He really turned, really turned it on. And you could, it was a big part of why the Blue Jackets power play was so good for that rest of the season and really put, putting up the points, goals, and he was much better defensively. So, 82 games that's obviously a much better season and probably would have been something similar to what you know what Seth Jones or Zach Marinsky has done for the Blue Jackets yeah right oh we're not we haven't even gotten to that yet too damn oh my god so like already I'm, I'm already in my head I'm feeling like there's so many there's so many players that are just not like, gonna have room on this roster for them um which is not necessarily a bad thing because we want right. the best of the best and although they are extremely talented and very good, way better than I could ever be, right? They just might not be as good as some of the other guys, and that's fine. Competition's what is healthy. So, right. well, definitely one thing to keep in mind. I'm just looking so forward to seeing Boquist and 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 uh, Wierenski on the ice next year. Oh my God, I think that could. But if we see them, who are we gonna see go? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. So Boki, uh, I think he's 100 on the team next year. No doubt about it. And that's something Why that Yarmo has said that in the press conferences that the, the competition will help out this team and bring out the best. And, um, yeah, quite honestly, uh, he's the first pairing for me as well on D. Just with how he is. He's, I see it this way, is that the eventual goal is that David Juracek is going to be the guy that goes with Wierenski, and he'll, oh, eventually, yeah. he'll eventually get there, but they're probably not going to throw him in there right away. So probably who does take that spot, it's probably going to be someone like Andrew Peake or Adam Boquist. Right. I've noticed that they almost always kind of offset kind of one with the other. It's like you might put like your first 
like best in air quotes and your sec and your third best on like the top line to then you save your second best for like the second line sometimes at least in my head that's what i think i've been seeing this year with some of the guys because and it makes sense you want to spread the talent out a bit you don't want to put like the two absolute worst guys out there at the same time and get scored on every time but yeah so um man this is gonna get difficult here real soon so after Boquist, uh, at 22 points, was the wonderful Gustav Nyquist. Good luck in, in, in the wild. We're not going to see you on our roster next year. So we can move on to another controversial player. Okay. Someone else labeled at center. And this is Emil Bemstrom. He had 22 points in 55 games this year. He is. I, I, my, my critique of that is you, he's never played center for the Blue Jackets. The only closest thing that he's done as a center is win face-offs. So, right. to, so to me, that doesn't really say you're a, you're, well, a and, uh, you're a winger who is good, who can shoot the puck, can score some goals. His face-off percentage is forty-one percent too. You 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 can shoot, you can shoot the puck, you can score some goals. But honestly, I think the thing with Benstrom is he's probably better suited playing the first line, second line role, but he's probably not going to get that with the blue jackets. Yeah. Right. So once again, maybe, uh, maybe he showed some, um, some value this year. So maybe we could see him being traded as well too. I think Um, you know he did between playing really good with the monsters and he had some good moments with the blue jackets. Yeah. Um, I just I don't with the talent that's coming up like I like I said none of these dudes are bad in the world of in like like they're way better than I could ever be so I can't knock on them too bad right but in the scope in the world of the NHL he's not at the top of the of the leaderboard and that's just the truth um, so anyway Blue Jackets here says they think that uh, Z and Boki are are both offensive D men you make a very valid point that's why they yeah. get so many points. Um, and see peak at the top for now for his defensive play. Peakers has been doing great this last year, dude. He stepped up. I agree with that there, Blue Junkies. I do agree with that. Yes, from the only reason I've seen Boquist being brought up a lot is because if you are in some scenario, whether it be a power play or some other situation, you load up that first line with Wierenski and Boquist, and it's something to note that because Boquist has been much better defensively, it's something to consider that maybe you can put him up there on that first line with Zach Orensky. Doesn't necessarily mean you do it, but it's something to consider, and it's good to have another option. I do agree with yeah. you that yes, Andrew Peake is probably going to be the guy that goes with Orensky first. He's a much more defensive-minded player, too. Yeah. Much more of a one-way type player, which is fine because – we need one of those here and there, especially on the jackets, because damn, it was rough this year. <laughs> um, so onwards to the next. Uh, speaking of um, possibly maybe some like more defensive-minded players, and here's another center. We've got 20 points to Sean Corrali. Sean Corrali played 71 uh, games this year, missed 11 games, and um, he had 11 goals, 9 assists uh, to get, you know, 20 points. Um once again, I uh, with the skill with the people who we have coming in, I uh, Sean Crowley like may technically like due to like seniority or whatever may technically deserve a second spot or something on like normally. He's, but we have to look at who we're listen. 
He was brought mm-hmm. in to be a good third line, fourth line guy. They need help at center, and he's done exactly that. And that he's done what the Blue Jackets have asked of him. He's been a good third line, fourth line guy, and they needed help at center. And that's what they he's done that. And that's all you can ask from Sean Corrali is that to be a good third line, fourth line center guy that plays good defense, penalty killing, does give you some offense here and there. And heck, even this past season, he scored a goal on the power play. So he's done what the Blue Jackets have asked of him. He's got a spot. He's got a spot. So that uh, so currently, if we're not, uh, I did not include Bemmer with the spot just because we'll at, maybe at the very end if there's room, maybe maybe maybe. But yeah. um, so so far we have nine, um, nine players currently, and out of those nine players, we have um, I think Boquist is our only D man. So we have room for four more skaters and five more D. And then we'll get to the goalies yet too, um, but we'll, and we'll come back over this at the end too. Once we talk about some of the the people who are going to be coming up and everything as well too. So uh, we have to be really critical about the next few people. Um, so we went talk about Corrali. So then here's the second biggest drop in points, uh, which is so we went from forty with Kent Johnson to to twenty five with Kirill Marchenko. Marchenko would definitely get more, but. Um, so dropping five points after Corrali is Matthew Olivier, who he's just down as a forward. <laughs> Listen, you look, it's nice that Matthew Olivier does give you a little spark, a little punch offensively. He does give you some points and some goals, but that's not why you have him on the team. You have him mm-hmm. because he's a good third line, fourth line guy, a little toughness, a little grit fighting. And he does, he's good defensively. And that's why you have Matthew Olivier. Yeah, definitely third, fourth liner for sure. And then also like, uh, um, yeah, with the with the value he added this year, it was not necessarily in points. A lot of it was with, um, you know, just his presence on the ice, especially with having newer, younger guys out there at the same time. Oh, where'd Hefty Duck go? I hit a freaking button. Hold on. <laughs> I literally, I, I went to go pick up my mouse, and I hit the little side button that makes it go forward and backwards. Let me fix my camera here real quick. Oh, I'm like, I'm like, uh oh, where did Hefty Duck go? Dude, there was that one time. I think my internet went out. Um, while I was doing a live stream for the Hockey Podcast Network, that sucked. I was so pissed about that. But anyway, um, Olivier, yeah, I think we're gonna see him next year. And he was really good on that fourth line this year with him, Corrali, and Eric Robinson. Oh, actually, we'd have currently we'd have six more skaters. Well, we have up to six more skaters left because um, it's twenty per game, twenty-three players total. So that's fine. We're gonna have some doubles. Um. So yeah, three skaters, five. Do we need to start? talking about some defensive guys here soon uh after olivier is someone who once again maybe another like somewhat controversial uh person uh keep in mind he had four only four games less than olivier but had like had 14 points so that is liam foodie he's 22 years old there's definitely room for improvement are we going to see him back on the monsters 
next year. Yeah. He's in my eyes, he's similar to a Mel Benstrom is that he's shown that he can do good and be a good player. And really his big moment so far for the blue jackets was he scored a goal against Toronto in the playoffs in game five that really helped him yeah. win that game three, nothing. And that clinched the series for him. And but then even that was, didn't give him a position the next year. Right. Well, okay. yeah. And he's had other good moments before, but I think again, to me, he's like, he's, I think he would be better suited if he had a high, if he was higher up in the lineup, he'd probably be better suited for him, but he's not going to get that with the blue jacket. So to his credit, he's done the best what he can with the third line, fourth line minutes. And he's been awesome with it. Yeah. Uh, once again, possibly a decent person for a trade. And if, if anything, if it comes down between the two, between Benstrom and Foodie, I would say Benstrom is the one that's more likely to go between, oh. bet, bet, rather than Foodie. Yeah, um, I probably would agree with you there on that, too. I mean, Benstrom's only a year older, but yeah. Um, yeah. And like, Foodie's are definitely like maybe Robinson. Foodies like Robinson, that speed is so good and so hard to ignore that you want that kind of guy on your team if you can. Yeah. Um, so after Foodie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Blue Jackies makes a great point. Shit, I was going to look at this while we were doing this too. I have Cat Friendly pulled up. But uh, they mentioned that uh, some players have one-way contracts next season. I think Bemmer is one of them, so that's something that needs to be looked at. Um, so one-way contracts are that he gets paid um, a certain amount, no matter whether he's playing on the Blue Jackets or the Monsters, which can be both beneficial if they're getting paid less, or it can be more annoying if they're getting paid more. Emil Bemstrom has a cap hit of 900000 and um, after next season, he's going to be an RFA. Um, so, man, that is a, a good point. Um, really good point. Something to think about, because yeah, most uh, a lot of the um, monsters usually get paid like around seven fifty to under a million, I would imagine. Uh, so, I do, do want to answer, you know, Blue Junkie's question about Danforth earlier on in the show. My basic thought it boils down to this. He played his first season with the Blue Jackets was the 2021-2022 season, and he played pretty good. I like what I saw. He earned himself a two-year contract extension. And this past season, he started off pretty good, but then he got hurt. And it's not necessarily fair to him that he got hurt, but I think that could be the potential thing that may potentially hold him back because this wasn't, for many players, this was another audition to show what you got. Because then you could have, because like we said, the Blue Jackets have guys coming up in the future and your spot may not be there forever. So if he were to play that this entire season, that would have been a good, another good audition to show what he yeah. can do. And he's shown he can be a good third line, fourth line guy, good energy, a spark plug. But unfortunately, he gets hurt, so he doesn't get that chance. And I've shared a similar idea with Jake Bean is that, you know, Decent defenseman. He played. I thought he played okay. I like some spots from during not this season, but the season before that. And you know, but then he plays okay, but he gets hurt, and this may have been his audition to 
show something, but yeah. he gets hurt, and then yeah. he wow. may not get a spot because of disposal or you're a check, well, a whole bunch of others. But that's so my both of these guys have one year the 2023 and 2024 season is on they're still uh contracted for that yeah bean has a cap hit of two million three hundred thirty three thousand yeah whereas danforth has a cap hit of nine hundred seventy five thousand so i'm really um and then after next year bean will be a rfa and after next year uh danforth will be a ufa so I think that they need to play Danforth this year and do, and, and really like up his value, so to speak, um, to because he's going to be a UFA. And we're going to have to figure out something to do with him by the end of that. He's going to be a good, cheap uh, trade if, 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 if people find value in him for you know the end of the season or near the, cat, the trade deadline or something too. Um, whereas Jake Bean, I mean, that's a decently sized cap hit actually. Um, like just going off like money wise alone and thinking about it, like, I mean, dude, Jake Bean has a higher cap hit than Bayreuther, Peak, Blankenberg, uh, and Bernie. The only two people, well, for the from this year who weren't hurt, um, Boki and Good Branson. I mean, Boquist has only like a three, uh, on like 300,000 cap over that. So that's something to think about too, as far as like contracts go and, and how close a cap are going to be. Um, I don't think that I'll be able to have, we have time to really dive through that right now. We're actually getting, Oh, we're overtime. Shit. Oh, well, okay. So let's buzz through these next ones real quick. Let's give a quick yes or no's because they all have similar points. I mean, if we want to talk about someone, we can a bit. So anyway, the next, uh, top uh so the next guy the, the next defender with the most points on the team currently for this year is nick blankenberg at 14 points as many points as foodie and bay ruther and blankenberg only played 36 games this year he's an interesting one because you know you multiply that by two and at least get 72 games in feasibly he could have had 28 points which would have put him like right up above Kirill Marchenko. Well, right, for the for the season, right? And once again, uh very talented player, great player. Are the do the injuries really affect his value? It's constant. Yeah. 36 games this year. Now granted if it if it were maybe like a a, a more playoff looking season, maybe he would have tried more to be, like, be in games and but like so everyone was nursing their wounds this year because they had time. And no pressure. So, I, I personally, I love I love Nick Blankenberg. I yeah. want to see him back. I want to see him succeed. Uh, I love his story, uh, his personality. He's an awesome kid. Um, twenty four years old. So you know, no one's getting any younger here. Uh, I'd like to think that he figures out how to stop hurting himself. Well, no, and I've said this on the show before, is that he's a smaller dude, and you like the effort he gives, and he plays bigger than what he really is. But sometimes that's what gets him in trouble. And mm-hmm. I think if, if if you know, someone, it could be family, friends, or someone within the Blue Jackets, coaching or whatever, can just tell, tell him and say, we like the way how you play and everything, bigger than what you are, but 
always giving it your effort 110% whatnot. But if you can just learn to just tone it down just a bit, you'll be in a much better spot because you got to realize you are a smaller dude and you can't take some of the hits that other people can take. Yeah. So I am actually kind of on like a, a more stricter time schedule tonight. So um, we are about um, out of all the players here. There's like, oh, there's 20. I'm sorry. There's 16 left and we've gone through 14. So I think we're going to make this a, we're going to make this a two-parter. Two-part series. Two-part series. We're going to tease you for next week. So some of y'all come back. We, we always love, uh, we, thank you blue junkies for all the comments tonight. That's been awesome. I just want to mention two quick things to, to kind of cap the episode off. Then Kevin, I'll let you say anything you want to say yet. And, uh, and we'll go from there. So, um, if anyone missed it, the, a new Behind the Battle dropped today. Go watch it. It's sick. I'm not going to tell you anything about it because it's just dropped today. I don't want to ruin anything for you. But, dude, it's awesome. I, I loved it. I love seeing it. Uh, absolutely uh, fantastic uh, Behind the Battle. Go check it out on the Blue Jackets uh, thing. Don't yeah. forget uh, May 8th, uh, Draft Lottery. Uh, I might live stream during that. We'll see. I hope I have some time. And then also... Um, Halifax Mooseheads in round three of the QMJHL playoffs. They're in the semifinals currently. Um, and Jordan Dumai, uh, Blue Jackets prospect, has four goals so far for them in that. Um, so looking forward to seeing him in the, in the future as well. Um, but, uh, oh, yeah, excellent, Blue Junkies. Yes, very welcome. Thanks for being here. Um, so, yeah, anything else you want you would like to add? Yeah, so um, I sent it to you in the DM. Oh. Quickly just pull up. So I saw I was on Instagram recently, and uh, I saw this artist who's re- I think is really cool. Is that he draws his ideas of different concepts for different logo ideas for different teams, and he did one for the Blue Jackets, and I thought it was really cool. And it's like I have to show this on the show. Well, let I me really- change. Uh, <laughs> so I, I shared the screen, but then it took me to Instagram instead of Twitter. So. I just showed everyone our DMs. They're super interesting. They're definitely not just like links back and forth. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Share. Let me see. Joe Santillo Design on Instagram. This is some of his artwork. Uh, Very well done, Joe. It's pretty cool. The thing I really like about that is it uses the Blue Jacket Civil War thing. You got the Union Army Cappy. It's got the state of Ohio behind it, and and the hockey sticks are on there as well. It's just really nice together i really like that we might share this link on our twitter too if we can remember after this episode so anyone can go check it out and leave it a like there on on instagram as well it's it's pretty dope i like it yeah. um you know i love doing logos myself uh as you know some of you out there are aware i've done some logos for you um if you're yeah. watching i don't know but um yeah that is pretty cool kev well dope yeah uh anything else you'd like to uh say about uh today yeah Yes. Yeah, so uh, you mentioned prospects with the playoffs. Not only do they have Jordan Dumain in the playoffs, but over in Russia in the uh, AHL, they're doing the, they're fine. The, it's the championship over there. Oh. The Blue Jackets have two prospects that are in that. Nice. Uh, that? Dmitry Varankov and oh. uh, defenseman Nikolai Markov. Okay. So, I've definitely heard of Varankov, but not. Um, but both teams are playing against each other. Oh, okay. 
So one of, the, one of those one of those Blue Jackets players is going to win a championship. Nice. Well, hell yeah. So that's the semifinals, dude. I need to watch that. I'll have to find a place somewhere out there to watch that. If anyone needs yeah. help trying to find that game, let me know. Um, I'll yeah. tell you about there's it privately. Like, there's like a 12 hour time difference between Russia, though, so that might be a little late. Though. Or early. Or early. And one of the two, probably. Right. I'll have to look up the schedule. Well, dude, I'm going to. Okay. That's a so, great so, thing. Great reminder. Thanks for that. Yeah. So, um, you know, Dmitry Voronkov, seen as he's one of the top Russian prospects, seen as a, you know, a center, a better version of Boone Jenner. He's big, fast, physical. He can score offense, defense, penalty, killing faceoffs, the whole bet. He's playing then. Markov, he's the one of their defensemen prospects. So one of those two guys is going to win uh, a championship. So best of luck to them. Cool. Uh, it wouldn't be the first time the Blue Jackets had a prospect that won that championship because Yegor Chinikov, he won a championship. Oh, over no Dude. Well, we'll get to him later next next week too because he's a very important person to me, I think, and I think right. that right. to the team. Uh, yeah, but I have we'll some thoughts. That. I have some thoughts on Yegor Chinikov, but I'll save it for you know next week. <laughs> uh, so that's just that. Anyways, uh, I'm going to finish this out. Uh, as you know, uh, go check out Uni Blue Soldiers. It's a Blue Jackets fan group that I run. Uh, you know, we're on all social media platforms, so go check that out. And you know, we do marches that are a lot of fun. We did two last season, one with the Blue Jackets and one without. It's a lot of fun. We're going to do another one this upcoming October. So, you know, check that out. And uh, starting in October, again, we're going to have the beer Union Soldiers. So go check that out. Thank you to everyone who bought it. It was a big success. We sold out. So thank you for that. So go check it out in October again. It joins for a march in October. And check out. Union Blue Soldiers. That's yeah. That that is all I have to say. Check out Union Blue Soldiers and so at, much more. They're at UB Soldier Oz on Twitter. Go check them out. They're pretty cool. Yeah, because the reason, cool jacket stuff. The reason behind that is because I wanted Union Blue Soldiers on Twitter, but it wouldn't fit, so I just put oh. the UB Soldiers. Huh. That's cool. That's like how we have to do Blue Jackets Pod because. Uh, yeah, so speaking of, you can find us at Brew Jackets Pod on Twitter. Uh, we have to do that because uh, the Brew Jackets is like the is also the name of a uh, beer league team or two different beer league teams. Then also, there's some weird thing out there called a Brew Jacket that people use for their keg, like about brewing beer to like maintain temperature. Don't ask me about it. I don't know. I just yeah. you know Googled it. But anyway, this has been a uh, another Brew Jackets episode. Uh, we appreciate uh, all you uh, listeners out there and viewers. Uh, we always appreciate uh, your support, uh, and you can support us by uh, you know liking this or or like whatever you call it anywhere else. I don't know. Subscribing to <laughs> us, following us, whatever the thing is, do the things wherever you're at. We appreciate um, all of you. Um, but yep, my name's Lance. This check guy. out Happy Ducks art. Yeah, check me out at Hefty Duck if you need some logos or something done. I'm definitely down to do that. Um, you know, I think I have pretty decent pricing as well. If you need something cool done, I can show you a portfolio if you ask as well. Find me on Twitter at Hefty Duck. So, other than that, 
we will see you guys all next uh, Wednesday. We, we're going to try to start doing After Darks again soon, so keep an eye out for that. We'll keep you posted on our Twitter. Um, we'll try to keep you posted on Facebook. We're not really boomers, so we're not on Facebook as much. Sorry, anyone out there <laughs> who's like super into Facebook. Uh, but yeah, keep an eye out. We'll see you guys next week. See ya. I forgot to hit the button and broadcast. All right, here we go. See you for real now. Mm-hmm. <laughs>